Welcome to the Perimenopause Power Podcast. We are Lisa and Natalie, two certified holistic health coaches passionate about helping women embrace their physiology to elevate their highest potential for confidence, health and energy. Perimenopause will be unique to you and each episode gives you the power in knowing that you can define your own journey. Let's get into today's episode. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Perimenopause Power. Like all the guests before her, we have another wonderful guest on the show today, and that is Melanie White. Let me tell you a little bit about Melanie. Melanie is a biologist turned coach who's been in business since 1995 and loves every minute of it. Her career includes work in academia, research, government, private industry, and she's co-founded or founded five businesses across three industries. She cultivates resilience by surfing, oh, I love that, Melanie, going to the gym, walking in nature, growing veggies, belly dancing, sewing, reading, watching the AFL and playing violin. Her mission is to elevate women's health and livelihood with compassion, connection and collaboration for better health, social and economic outcomes. Gosh, that sounds fantastic. Welcome, Melanie. Thanks, Natalie. It feels like that's my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I can, you know, there's a lot of things there I could say, yep, love that. Love growing veggies, love sewing, love reading. I've only got into the AFL in the last few years and I really enjoy, I love heading along to a game um, at the G. The the atmosphere is just magic and it's such a Melbourne thing to do. It's wonderful. Mm. But very different because you're up in Queensland, aren't you? Actually, I'm on the south coast of New South Wales, but I'm originally a WA girl, and so all we have there is AFL. There's yes. zero B or league or whatever you want to call it. Yes. So from that background, and I used to go to the footy on the weekends with my best friend, and our dads would drive us to the different grounds around Perth. Mm. It's in the blood. Can't get rid of it. Yeah. No, it's a no. nice thing to do. It, it, it actually brings a lot of people together. And I can see why you're so drawn to it, actually, um, especially around that connection and collaboration. Oh, absolutely. And I have to say, just for our listeners' purpose, so when I started my health and wellness coaching, Melanie was actually one of the trainers who was teaching me. And we never had the pleasure of meeting in person because it was all done online and, and virtually even back pre-2020 so it's it's been so nice to connect now and um have you on our podcast and obviously some other things that we're we're working with you on as well so um yeah I feel like I've known you for a good while now what a nice thing so let's kick it off Melanie can you share for our listeners who you are and obviously we've had a little bit of a peep into that and what it is that you do sure I guess maybe what you've said so far as the intro is enough about me but I guess my passion is really to help women to find their identities and to feel a sense of self-respect and to be able to think critically and make their own decisions because I think many of us, for whatever reason, become disempowered through our lives and we start to doubt ourselves and that's that lack of self-belief that affects our confidence and the way we show up in the world and the things that we're able to do. So I guess that's the underlying theme of everything that I do is how can we elevate women? And as a co-founder of Sage Women's Health, We talk about wanting to keep women well and at work, but really what it is is how do we help organisations to understand menopause, how it impacts employees and the business, and then what's going to be the best way to create a thriving and high-performing workforce. 
So I guess those two things or what I'm doing now is kind of underpinned by that desire to help keep women in a state where they're financially competent and have financial well-being but also physical and mental well-being so they can be the best. Mm, yeah, so true. And we we would resonate with that so much too. I mean, we both got into our coaching to support women um, at, at probably different phases as well and from different avenues. But I think when you're a woman yourself and, and you know some of the barriers and challenges that we go through and, and in particular the cycles and the phases that that we have um, and, you know, let's say very lucky to have our, our body is a is a beautiful temple. I know, Lise, you often refer to our body as a temple mm-hmm. um, and just that, that, that lack of education and awareness for ourselves individually but also community and workplaces, you can't help but, but feel driven to want to create change and, and make an impact and I often say it's hard to unknow what you know and um you know how how fabulous that we get to impart that knowledge and that passion onto other women because um yeah I guess that that's that's our life work isn't it finding that sense of purpose and and making an impact on others yeah and that work that you guys are doing is so important because you're really opening up and normalizing the conversation and helping people to start getting their heads around what is it that we're dealing with and so I really love what you're doing and hats off to you for being one of the first voices in this space Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. And and one of the things we really find from our podcast is our listeners love hearing from our other um, our interviewees about their own menopause story and, and the experiences that they have had. So we'd love to ask you, Mel, what, what has been your experience with menopause um, thus far? And, um, you know, what, what, what were you educated? What did you know? What didn't you know? What did you wish that you knew about it before coming in? Well, that's a lot of questions. I know. <laughs> Trying to round up <laughs> a bit of a summary. <laughs> no, that's okay. I think maybe I don't know if you you two were the same, but growing up, nobody mentioned menopause in the household. I had no idea that my mother was going through it. Did you? No, nope, same. Zip. Yeah. So when I left my career as a biologist and I transitioned into being a personal trainer for a while and then a weight loss coach after that, I was working with maybe around six hundred menopausal women over a five year period. And I saw what they were bringing to the table, you know, frozen shoulder, um, heavy bleeding, exhaustion, and I saw how effective a really good healthy eating plan and exercise were in not just minimising symptoms but sometimes removing symptoms completely. But I also heard so many women talking about a lack of support and I'd say, who's supporting you at the moment? And they'd say, oh, it's me. I'm going, really? You're supporting yourself? What about your husband, your family, your partner, friends, no, 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 they didn't want to talk about it. And I kind of thought, oh, that's strange. And it wasn't until I got smacked in the face with my own menopause symptoms that I went, oh, I get it. It's really Mm. private, you know. I've got this really heavy period. There's no way I want to go down to the women's surf event this weekend. I can't. And they're all going to wonder where I am. And they're all, you know, 30 to 60, but I don't know them that well. I don't feel comfortable opening up about that and then I went to my doctor who is a female and I said look I'm having these 40 day really heavy periods is that normal she couldn't or wouldn't answer that question I thought wow what do I do and then there were the hot flushes and the skin sensitivity and I realized that I was going through it and I had every symptom on the checklist except one you know and what do you do and running a business is really hard when you're on that physical, mental, emotional roller coaster. It's mm. so challenging to get enough sleep, to feel emotionally balanced, to show up for your coaching clients, to have the energy that you need to do things, 
to have the resilience, it, it really it, it really is a time where you need to build resilience. So you can probably hear the rant in my voice. I thought, how many other women out there are struggling? You know, a friend of mine even went to hospital for a week to get blood transfusions. She was anemic and and she runs her own business. How does she keep doing that? Yeah, and and it's funny as you're, you know, you were talking about the clients that you were coaching and they were their own support and, you know, hopefully you did get some support, but you probably felt like you were your own support there for a little while about not wanting to speak about it. Um, and that's just the taboo and that patriarchy comes up a lot, doesn't it, um, that we have grown up in, within, that prevents us from actually having an open conversation about it. Yeah, I, I think there's not enough conversation. You think mm. about what at school, we're not taught how to manage money and we're not taught how to manage menopause. Mm. <laughs> Very, yeah, true. We had a um, financial wealth coach on a few a few weeks ago and we, talk, we talked very much about that no management of money um, mindset as well. So you bang on. We, we, we really need support as a group and because I'm sure you talk about it all the time, the pressures that we experience at this age, there's ageing, sick parents, kids growing up and going through school and their own challenges, you're at the peak of your career, uh, suddenly your body changes without your permission. Mm. It changes hard anyway, let alone when it happens without your permission. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. Re rethink your whole identity and you've been this maybe superpower, superwoman in your life. Who are you now? Mm. So true. And, and we're often referred to as the sandwich generation. So, yes, we've, we've got might have kids on one side, but then we've got elderly parents on the other side. And, and we're we're still trying to nurture that that career that we are so passionate about or ambitious about, um, because we know that that, that 40s and that 50s um, decades are our pivotal sort of career time where we really want to build on the foundations we've had and, and um, find that that purpose and that impact and really make great um, impactful um, career decisions and and you're so right that when we are you know faced with this new life phase that we know nothing about to then have all of these all of these experiences and feel like we've got no one to talk talk to or even you know going to our trusted GP who we would normally go and see with no problem and feel that yes they're going to give me some type of answer to then have no answers you know it's really it's really debilitating in terms of you know your confidence and your identity and and just that that whole loneliness piece isn't it mm. Mm. loneliness is a key point actually yeah it's a, it's a huge issue for women at this age I think and yeah. probably the other thing too is that I think about the clients I've worked with going through menopause in in those different scenarios you start to see all of these unhealthy coping mechanisms come in because they don't know who to turn to are too embarrassed to talk about it so there's more alcohol, there's more sugar, there's more carbs, there's more all-weekend benders in some cases I've heard of, and all of those make menopause symptoms worse. So mm. what do we? how do we cope better and how do we get the support we need so that we can do better by ourselves and not go down that slippery slope of oof, getting so, so unwell and so mentally bereft in some cases? I don't want to be a, a downer, but it's the reality of things. No, I think you're absolutely bang on because I know myself. I'm um, I'm 53, and I'm really and I and I work and live and breathe in the space. And there is, you know, you've got to be on it all the time. It's there's always something knocking you. And I can tell you that 
I know that I'm more insulin resistant these days. So I've got to be really careful with what I eat. I know that my body can't handle alcohol. So I'm very choosy with the type of alcohol I might drink on occasions when I decide to have a drink. You know, sleep is just absolutely key. I need to keep my stress levels. You know, I could go on, but it becomes, it really hits you in the face in relation to you don't have a choice. And, um, you know, if we choose to ignore your body yelling at you, you can end up in such a terrible state of health that, you know, it's the basics that we, you know, if we can be doing those basics that we have been doing all our lives, but that you have to do them differently at this point in your life. And you take that on board and you do the tweaks and they become the habits, you know, they they change from the habits that have, you know, um, served you well for the time before, but it's the tweaking that needs to happen. And and, I, and that's what I'm hearing in, you know, possibly I imagine what you've also done too, Melanie. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I liked how you talked about becoming so much more sensitive to things and it's like your tipping point suddenly decreases because you've got this this hormonal shift and a, a cascade of changes in your body, you know, like your digestive enzymes and digestive power mm. decrease, all of these other things that happen. Insulin resistance is on the rise at this time or your insulin regulation isn't as good and all of these other things that happen and you have to set boundaries and so many women haven't learned to do that and that makes it really hard to put in enough time for self-care and meal prep and those basic things might be things that you've neglected for so many years and then have to relearn. And I also think as you're talking through that, I also think there's the changes that you might, you know, that maybe our listeners might want to make and are really keen to make, but there's the societal impacts around, oh, what do you mean you're not going to have a drink? You know, how, what, what, you know, so there's all that um, social pressure to keep going the way that you do and then you get home and you feel like absolute crap the next day for whatever reason but they're really important to be able to say no I'm looking after myself and you know what I'm that's what I'm going to do now and sometimes people might actually stop and think and shit you say geez you know like that's probably a really good idea I feel like she's saying that she feels like and I haven't had the courage and I think sometimes that's what it takes is to make those decisions and and go about my way my life a little bit differently so that I can still enjoy it but still live it in a healthy happy way. Yeah, and, and I, I think that I I totally agree, and I think that comes down to a lot of self awareness too. Mm. To be observing yourself and aware of what you're saying and doing and thinking and feeling in order to see that that widening gap between where you are and where you want to be. Mm. Then, when you know what that gap is, then you can say what needs to change. How do I need to adapt and who can support me and how can I do that compassionately? Yeah. And then confidence hits in, right? Confidence can take a big smashing, big smash when you're in perimenopause and menopause, but you do get to the other side. Mm. And I can tell you, I've never had so much confidence in my life as I do at this point in my life. And I love it. Oh, it's, it's so great. I'm out the other side too. I'm 52 in a couple of weeks and thank goodness to be out the other side of most of the symptoms apart from a few that I still have to be careful with. But it is a whole new world and people talk about how empowering it is to be there. It's just that that period of how long it takes you to get there that you need to manage. And for me, that was about three and a half years. Mm. And so, I think the education is key, isn't it, through that time, that, that adjustment time. If you've got the education and you can actually say, oh, yeah, you know, I've said it before on the podcast, I'm having a hot flush. I know what it is. I know what I need to do to see it through. I see it through and then I just move on. You know, it's not this thing that you should be scary whilst uncomfortable. It happens and and it is happening. So you just take that on board. 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, education is critical because you can't you can't really know how things are happening in your body and why until you have that information. You can I know for myself, for example, I started getting these symptoms and even though I'm a scientist, even though I've done a lot of work with menopausal women and in this area, I was thinking, yeah, you're not doing that to me, body, or I'm just going to ignore that. Denial. Yeah, exactly. I was in denial. I was going, well, you're going to do this to me? I'm going to do that to you, which sounds crazy, but I did have this rebelliousness against it for a, a period of a couple of months and then I thought, actually, I need to better understand what's triggering these symptoms and then I went on this whole be your own scientist campaign of unpicking what causes this and what causes that and so I experimented on myself for about three months to figure out when do I get hot flushes when do Mm. I wake up in the night with a panic attack when do I sleep well or not so I could really get a sense of all of the things as you said Natalie it's really um your your trigger level comes down, your your tipping point comes down, you become more sensitive. So I wanted to understand those sensitivities. And you might think that you know enough, but really you need education to get very clear on what happens and why and what you can do about it. Mm, so true. Mm. Now, um, so how do you feel menopause has affected your life, Mel? What, what have you had to do differently? And, you know, you hinted at it. What have you had to take uh, slowly um you know have has it forced you to take things slowly or are you forever rushing around or somewhere in between how has it impacted you um yeah it's a great question after that battle with myself that I mentioned I realized that I had to do life differently and so I had to look at everything and be really open and I do love change so that was helpful for me but I had to make I love my work, let's say, first of all. I live in a country town and I don't know a lot of people very well here and my work is very important to me. But I had to learn to adjust my expectations and my schedule and that meant now I ease into Monday and I try not to have any meetings on a Monday and I ease out on a Friday and I try not to do anything detailed or have too many meetings on a Friday so I can ease into the weekend and ease back into work. I've got to have boundaries around the time I finish so that I can exercise. I tend to, I've, I've figured out how many meetings I can have in the week and at, and be at my best, beyond which I'm not so good. So mm. to make lots of adjustments to my schedule by just really tuning into my body. And I've created a lot more time in my life so I can reflect and, and be sure on which direct which direction I'm heading. And I think the other thing is having a lot more fun. So in in the introduction, you mentioned all of the things that I'm doing. When you are so focused on work, I don't know if anyone else listening feels like this. All of that goes out the window. I don't have kids, so work is a big part of my life. I realised I was having zero fun, and so there was no way I was building up my resilience. So I've reconnected with a whole bunch of hobbies so Friday night I might be sitting there like a granny crocheting squares or whatever, you know, watching the footy, but something to separate my mind from the the day-to-day and the and just calm down. So a lot of stuff that brings flow, ease, joy and calmness, I suppose, I've, I've had to weave that into my life. Mm, so good and one thing that really stuck out for me is that you have made time or found time and you know time is one of those great barriers that does get in the way of everybody but 
at the end of the day, um, and I don't mean to uh, sound flippant about this, but we are ultimately um, the ownership of our of our time and how we spend our time. And, and when we are spending our time doing things that are not supportive to us, well, you know, we're, we're choosing to prioritise them over something else. And, and that whole self-awareness piece and coming into that self-kindness and that self-love and recognising that, you know, this, I need to give this to me. I need to do these things for me so that I can be, you know, still that person I want to be for my family, for my friends, for my work colleagues, or show up as my best self. Um, you know, we we are all capable of of finding some time to to do the things that we want to do and, and possibly need to do. Probably all of us where we're skilled in in that that space and and play self-coaching as well as coaching others, but you know, it's just, it's finding one minute or five minutes or 10 minutes and, and just really starting with, with something that's going to make you feel good. So I think that's a really powerful message for our listeners. I was just going to say, is there a big, bigger picture where you realise that you're not the actor in the story, you're the narrator of the story. You go, oh, actually, I'm in charge of my life and, oh, I can choose something different. Mm powerful that you have yeah mm, so good I love that actually um you've recently launched sage women's health um which we are excited to be a part of um and women we all probably start businesses out of our own personal experiences and and really wanting to make a difference and I say probably all the women that we've interviewed who have had a business it's come from their own personal mm. experience was it your own experience with menopause that was a catalyst for this business? And, you know, you might have touched on it previously, but why are you so passionate about bringing this into the workplace? Yeah, I think it was my own experience and seeing my friends with businesses really struggling with their symptoms and not wanting to talk about it. But also I get a bee in my bonnet about any injustice or sense of injustice or a disempowerment for women. And for me, I know that if, a woman is given the support she needs and may not ask for, then she can be a superpower in the world, mm. be an example of what's possible. And that's what drives me to do this work. And you can talk about money and productivity and profit and all those things come with it. But at the foundation of it is who is the human doing the work? What do they need and how can they be supported to meet their needs? So good because because we know that that women are not feeling supported. We've spoken that they feel alone, they feel isolated, they're not sure where to go for support. And uh, again, it's that it's that having that knowledge that we can impart on others and and really help them to come into themselves and take this phase by the horn, so to speak, and you know come into their resilience and growth as well, and and nurture themselves through this phase. So beautifully said. So given the work that you're doing, uh, Mel, what's one piece of advice you could offer women listening about menopause and not just the work that you're doing but also your your experience today? Do you have a life lesson from navigating this phase of life? Yeah, I think so. There's probably two things and it's not very coaching to kind of suggest or advise but my advice <laughs> without my coaching hat on is to somehow stand back and take time to look at what you're doing, what you really want, what's serving you and what's not serving you. I think when you have less energy and less capacity, you're forced to look at that stuff. So doing it proactively is really important. And I think the other part is get a support team, get education, work with a coach or a health professional. I've had to do that myself. I've got someone I get a massage from and I go and get kinesiology and I do other things that help me to maintain my well-being. And I might not have asked for those 
supports previously. So I think those two things is taking time to reflect and building that support team and really understanding and knowing what's going on so that you're empowered to do something about it. That's the two things I would say are really important. Mm, I love that. And I love that, you know, you can group up different health services and, and different options and actually see them as your support team. You know, I think that's, again, that's a really great visual that I think you can have that you might feel that you're quite alone or feel like you can't talk to your partner or talk to your workplace, but have a look at the health professionals that you might be working with and, and see them as, as your support team and know that you are supported. It's a really great sort of flip on perspective, I think, which is great. So just finally, our podcast is all about power and finding and nurturing and using our personal power as we transition through life phases and in this case, perimenopause and beyond. We'd love to know from you, how have you come into your own power and continue to do so? Really, I think it's by focusing on my mindset. It's incredibly important and writing myself a new narrative. So I've really made the time to say, hey, I'm at a crossroads. I can choose to go this way or that way. And there's the degenerative pathway toward old age and disease, but that's not inevitable. I can actually, we don't have to decline and slowly peter out and turn to dust. We can actually be proactive and choose to invest in ourselves. And I think part of that is mindset, mental strength, motivation and confidence, because those are the things that help you to take better care of yourself. So that's kind of my secret weapon, secret formula for empowerment. Mm, nice and simple I love that Mel where can our listeners connect with you and find out more about the work that you're doing uh two places are my LinkedIn profile which is melanie-j-white on LinkedIn or sagewomenshealth.com I think are the two best places and I want to thank you both for having me as a guest it's a bit of an honor because I've been quietly listening to your podcast and thinking wow, these ladies really are all over it. And uh, I'm thankful that you've invited me to be here today. And I love the work that you're doing. And I look forward to doing more work with you both. It's our pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks again for sharing your time with us, learning how you can be your best energetic self, no matter what life stage you are going through. Be sure to contact us if any of this content resonates with you. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. See you next time.